Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of this unbelievable life. I am so honored to have Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch with me today. Crouch have been born and raised in our dear Evansville, Indiana. Suzanne previously served as Indiana's state auditor since January 2014 beca before becoming Lieutenant Governor. Before becoming auditor, she served as the state representative for House District 78, which encompasses parts of Vanderburg and Warwick counties. Throughout her years of public service, Suzanne has been focused and committed to programs and services for people with disabilities. And for those of you who know, that is very near and dear to my heart. Prior to serving in the House of Representatives, Suzanne spent eight years as auditor of Vanderburgh County. She would then went on to serve as Vanderburgh County Commissioner until joining the Indiana House of Representatives. Constitutionally, as Lieutenant Governor, Suzanne serves as the President of the Indiana Senate. Statutorily, the Lieutenant Governor oversees a portfolio that includes the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, Indiana Housing and Community Development Authority, Office of Community and Rural Affairs, and the Indiana Destination Development Corporation. Additionally, she chairs the Roundtable on Mental Health, the Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities Task Force, and the Civics Education Commission. Suzanne graduated from Modern Day High School in Evansville. She went on to receive her bachelor's degree from Purdue University, majoring in political science. She's married to Larry Downs, and together they have a grown daughter, Courtney. Today, Suzanne will be talking about her campaign for governor, why she's running, and her building blocks for the future. Suzanne, take it away. Well, thank you, Nikki. It's wonderful to be with you and all of your pod listeners out there, uh, not just in Evansville, but in the surrounding area. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting that I am the lieutenant governor because I grew up in a home that wasn't political. But my parents raised me with values that led me to public service. They raised me to believe in God, to believe it takes hard work to get ahead, to believe in equality and opportunity, not equality of outcome. But they also raised me with a strong sense of personal responsibility, but to readily accept that I have a responsibility to help others who are less fortunate. And that's what ultimately led me to politics. Uh, you know, my journey has been interesting. Uh, I remember thinking when I finally got involved in politics, and really I was inspired by Ronald Reagan, our 40th president, who was such a clear voice in defining the essence of America. And I remember that Reagan reminded us that we must never rest in the fight to protect life and liberty. But when I decided to get involved in politics, I thought because I was the best person and I worked the hardest, I would get elected. And I ran for county auditor and I lost. But you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. And I stayed with it and then I ran again for county auditor and was elected as county auditor went on to serve as county commissioner in Vanderbilt County, and then was a state representative and vice chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, which writes the budget for the state of Indiana, and then was appointed and elected as auditor of state, uh, the chief financial officer for the state of Indiana, and today serve as lieutenant governor, uh, one of the chief executives for the state of Indiana, a $44 billion enterprise here in the state. And so my journey has been rather unusual in that all I ever wanted to do was local government. But I believe that God puts us in places for reasons and we all are where we're supposed to be. And so to be able to be in a position to take my state and local legislative and executive experience, taking what I know about government and what I know government needs to do to help people 
uh, is to me the ultimate ability to be able to make a difference in people's lives. And it's why I'm running for governor. You know, I have the I had the passion, the commitment, the courage, and the experience to be able to deliver results for Hoosiers. And we will do so by focusing on four building blocks for the future. We want to continue to grow our economy, invest in infrastructure, encourage entrepreneurship and innovation here in Indiana. We wanna invest in education, creating a cradle to career education system where every child upon graduation is ready for that next step in life, whether it's enlistment, employment, or enrollment. I'm a firm believer in early childhood education. I was the author when I was a state representative of the program that created the pilot program for early childhood education in Indiana. It's time to move beyond a pilot and to look at seriously investing in early childhood education, giving every child an opportunity to be successful in life. We have to strengthen our families and our communities. We need to invest in programs and initiatives that allow them to grow and be healthy and be safe in the neighborhoods they live in. Uh, whether that is investing more in physical health and those outcomes, whether it's investing in mental illness and addiction, whether it is keeping our neighborhoods safe where businesses can grow and people can experience economic opportunity. Those are the things that are so important as we move forward. And then, Nikki, let's reimagine government. Let's take government and let's streamline it and roll back regulations that add to the cost of doing business here and slow down business. Let's create navigators where people can call people who will connect them to the services and get them the help they need. You know, today, people feel like government is working and not working for them. They feel like they're working for the government. So let's change that around and let's make a government a system where people get more opportunities and we're able to deliver more results. You know, it is, it, it, we have a sound economic foundation here in Indiana. As a result of leadership, which I've been a part as a state representative, auditor, and now lieutenant governor, we've turned the state around where we have balanced budgets, we have low taxes, and we have healthy surpluses. In fact, Indiana is number one in the Midwest. We're sixth in the nation for our business environment. We lead the country in advanced manufacturing. We have the best infrastructure in the country. And you can tell that by all the investment being made and all the orange cones everywhere you drive. And then of course, we are one of 14 states with a AAA credit bond rating by all three independent rating agencies, incredible accomplishments, but they can't be credited to government alone. Government may light a path, but it is the hardworking men and women who are taking the risks and making the sacrifices that have put our state on a path to prosperity. And as we look to the future, it's important with that sound economic foundation that we look at that next chapter in Indiana's history, and that is quality of life. And why is quality of life important to Hoosiers? Well, it used to be people followed business, but today businesses are following people. And with 60 million teleworkers in this country, people can live wherever they want and work. And so people wanna live 
in neighborhoods, in communities, in places where they enjoy that quality of life. It might be the destinations they visit. It might be the amenities they enjoy, the education their children and grandchildren get. It's about how safe we are in our communities. It's about our physical health, our mental health, how we care for each other. That is the next chapter in Indiana's history. As Lieutenant Governor, I have served not just as President of the Senate and overseeing four agencies, Secretary of Agriculture, oversee the affordable and, and workforce housing in Indiana, Community and Rural Affairs, and then of course, the Destination Development Corporation, which encompasses tourism. But I'm also engaged in a number of initiatives that are important to Hoosiers. One, I chaired the Intellectual and Developmental Disability Task Force. We have 100,000 Hoosiers, Nikki, who have Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or autism. And so we work through that task force to ensure that they can live, work, and play in safe, accessible, affordable environments. Because our friends with disabilities, they're really just friends with different abilities. And they have the same hopes and dreams and desires as each and every one of us. They wanna have a job and they wanna have friends and love and be loved and be successful in life. And so through that task force, we work to ensure that they can fulfill the dreams they dream and build the lives they wanna build. But I also am extremely passionate and will make a priority as governor in investing in mental illness and addiction because the human cost of this pandemic is huge and it's gonna to continue to grow for years to come. Since COVID, we have seen a 20% increase in anxiety and depression among the general population. But we've seen a 60% increase among young people do you know, Nikki, over the past six months, one out of seven high school boys has contemplated suicide. One out of four high school girls has contemplated suicide. And suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people. That's a crisis. And that is the future of Indiana. And so one out of five Hoosiers struggles with mental illness and addiction. And we all know Hoosiers that have faced those challenges, sometimes our own family members. And my family's no exception. My mother struggled with depression. We buried my other, older brother, Larry, last year. He was an alcoholic and drank himself to death. My younger sister, Nancy, died in her early 20s by suicide. And then our daughter is 15 years sober. And so when you, when you see Hoosiers, that inherit genes that predispose them to these conditions, you know that you have to do something. And Indiana is taking a lead by investing in the 988 suicide hotline, which actually will give people a number when they're in crisis to dial 988 and be connected to a professional who will in turn be able to get mobile crisis response teams to them and then get them connected to the resources they need. Because here in Indiana, we cannot afford to lose a single Hoosier to suicide. And we know that the cost of untreated mental illness in our state every year is over $4 billion a year. So the $100 million that the General Assembly invested 
in the 988, setting up the 988 suicide hotline will be absolutely critical in terms of getting help to those Hoosiers that struggle. So I'm running for governor because I have the passion, the commitment, the courage, and the experience to boldly lead Indiana into the future. And I will deliver results for Hoosiers by focusing on those four building blocks and creating more economic opportunity. Whether you are beginning your life or whether you're towards the end of your life, we will look at how we can put and keep more money in your pocket, giving you that economic opportunity to be able to enjoy the quality of life that you want to enjoy. And if you are struggling, we will have an Indiana that will be able to get resources and help to you. Because at the end of the day, it's how we care for each other that determines our worth as a community and our legacy as a state. And so with that, I think I have reached kind of my time limit uh, and I don't wanna talk too long, but I appreciate Nikki the opportunity to be able to share some thoughts with you and my passion and my commitment to serving Hoosiers through public service and being able to give them a better quality of life. Suzanne, thank you so much. I just find you so absolutely inspirational and I, I love these building blocks. I, I just have enjoyed watching your journey and I can't just wait to see what's next. But with that said, um, I do have two quick questions for you. So we'll start with the first one, which is what advice do you have for individuals, regardless of gender or age, who look to live a life of servant leadership like you have? You know, what I would say the most important thing is to find your passion in life. Um, I think oftentimes when we start out in life and in our careers, we're focused on money. And while money is important, we have to have enough money to pay our bills and to put a roof over our head and clothes on our back and food on the table, it's also important that we find that thing that we're passionate about. And for me, it was public service. You know, time is so very precious. And it is what we do with that time while we're here on earth will determine our legacy. And so being able to give back to people, being able to help people, regardless of whether it's through public service, as I am in, in being elected and serving in an elected office, or whether it's by being involved in a nonprofit, or whether it's by being a good homemaker and a good mother and instilling values and principles in your children. Whatever that niche is for you, find that thing that you are most passionate about, and then put in all your time, your treasure, and your talent into making life better for others. Because when you give, you will receive back far more than what you give. And so public service is really not about being in elected office. Public service is about serving other people, uh, regardless of where we are in life, and regardless of our career or our profession. It's serving other people. And if we can leave this world having made it better for others, then our lives will have been worthwhile. Wonderful. So then my last question is, what opportunities are available at the State House for teenagers or young adults to learn more about state government and how they can get more involved? Absolutely. 
there is a PAGE program for children that are in middle school and high school to be able to come to the State House when we're in session. And the General Assembly's in session from January. Next year, it'll be from January to mid-March. And that's when they meet and they determine laws and, and pass laws that will affect Hoosiers. During that time period, middle school and high schoolers can come to the state house and actually be pages for either a state representative or a state senator or for the lieutenant governor. And what we will be able to do is not only allow them to sit in on the legislative process when the General Assembly's in session, but they also will be able to take tours of the state house, learn about the history of Indiana and get an education about where we've been, where we are now, and then experience the day-to-day -day process of making laws. Uh, so that is one opportunity. Now, if you're in college, you actually can intern for the General Assembly and you can apply and receive scholarships to come during session and work for a state representative or a state senator, be paid and get college credit to be able to help during the legislative session. And that is an incredible learning experience, you know, for young people. Wish I'd had that experience and opportunity when I was younger. But those are two ways that young people can get involved and learn about the legislative process. Fantastic. And then I guess one more just quick question. If anybody has any questions about you, your campaign, anything in general, how do they get a hold of you or your office? Uh, crouchforindiana.com. Fantastic. Okay. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for being on today. We are so honored that, that you took the time out for us today. And I just want to thank each and every one of our listeners and wish everybody a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you. God bless you, Nikki.